Hello and welcome to Manga Splaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by me, Deb Aoki, David Brothers, Christopher Butcher, and Chip Zdarsky. Follow along with our show notes and reading list at mangasplaining.com. This week's batch of fun, after a couple doses of manly manga, we're going to have a little sweet, a little something a little sweeter and lighter as a chaser <laughs> before we get to more macho stuff, shall we say. That is, we are going to be talking about a romantic comedy manga called Otakoi, Love is Hard for Otaku. It's by Fujita, mm. and it is published by Kodansha Manga, and it's currently at five double two-in-one volumes. So before we get too much into it, we should probably explain what this book is about. So here's a description from the back of the book. Narumi Momose has had it tough. Now at age 26, every boyfriend she's had dumped her once they found out she was an otaku. But she's gone to great lengths to hide it. When a chance meeting at her new job with a childhood friend, fellow otaku, and now co-worker Hirotaka Nifuji almost gets her secret outed at work, she comes up with a plan to make sure he never speaks up. But he comes up with a counterproposal. Why doesn't she just date him instead? In love, there are no safe points. Now, that's the description, but let me add a little bit to that. <laughs> As we find out in Volume 1 of Wotakoi, Narumi is far from the only closeted otaku at her office. Her gruff but dependable supervisor, Taro Kabakura, is actually a hardcore manga and anime fan. Her cool and mature co-worker, Hanako Koyanagi, is actually a semi-famous cosplayer who specializes in crossplay or addressing as male anime or manga characters. And oh, did we mention that even though they bicker at work, Kabakura and Koyanagi are actually dating and have been living with each other for quite a while now? Well, now you know. And what's up with that baby-faced college student working in the coffee shop downstairs? We will find out. Anyway, the question is, is love hard for otaku? <laughs> let's let's put this out there to our our manga spelling panel actually. So let's see who shall we put on the firing line first today. Chris. How about David? <laughs> <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I I could ask Chris first. No, I've got it. Where to start? Actually, I was thinking about how to approach this episode because I have so many. First, I like the book, I should say. It's really funny and the rom-com stuff, a lot of the jokes really, really land for me, you know? Like I'm right in the the strike zone for the sense of humor. But <laughs> like Is that a sports reference on our Otaku podcast? <laughs> this would be a lot more actually, because I was gonna try I've been trying to figure out how to say that I don't believe in nerds in a nice way over the past like three <laughs> or four days. Is that a myth? Like, like you believe it's Santa Claus, like that kind of thing? I feel like Nerds are like a Santa Claus level myth. I think there are nerdy things, but like the nerd jock dichotomy is like a high school thing. And it's like a movie high school thing at that. Hmm. So in that sense, I do not think love is hard for otaku because most <laughs> otaku are just regular people and love is hard for everybody. But hmm. also I'm very privileged to be able to say that because I've worked in comic books and video games my entire life. So like everyone I know is somewhere on this kind of what a spectrum. Yeah. Also, you're very handsome. Yeah, oh. that helps a lot. Uh, but no, my personality yeah. is terrible, so like it's 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But the fun part of this series is I love that they're all different kinds of otaku. 
So you get a kind of a full spectrum set of jokes about this subculture, whether you're into cosplay, whether you're into manga. This is yet another manga explaining pick where someone in here, you know, is a manga creator. Mm. It's just really fun and warm. And I think the fact that I get the jokes means like this is the one I kept talking about when we were discussing um the other romance series that had similar characters whose name I'm blanking on right now. Not Paradise Kiss. Uh, no, it was um the other young coma we did. Yeah. Oh Nozaki kun. Nozaki kun. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Which is super funny. But this I think is it's about people more or less my age, or like I've been that age relatively recently. So I'm into it. I'm caught up. Like I think I, I might actually need to read the most recent volume, but I've been buying it basically since it started, started coming out digitally. That sounds good. Yeah. So Chris, what did you think of Wotakoi? I disagree with David in a way that makes me feel old. <laughs> actually, <laughs> I'm excited because you're not that much older than me. <laughs> that's good because it'll make that'll make David feel young. Yeah. yeah, it'll make David feel young, and that's that's kind of why we do the podcast, I think. Uh, I think nerds are real, actually, and mm-hmm. not only are they real, but people absolutely do get ostracized for their pursuits, particularly the nerdier pursuits. And I think that generationally, that kind of ostracization has gotten a lot softer, as with newer and younger generations coming up. You know, now, the, mean, now the nerders have become meaner and angrier. <laughs> Yeah, the the anti nerders too. Actually, if you can't mm-hmm. beat them, yeah. join them. Yeah. Well, exactly. Like every every kid, everyone's brave behind a computer screen. <laughs> yeah, everyone has access to the internet now, so everyone has access to the same culture. Now, everyone has access to the same video games, whether or not they enjoy them, whether or not they take them to extreme lengths. It's always like there. And I think the older you are, the truer this rings. Mm-hmm. Maybe in terms of like, yeah, you could get dumped for being and for being really into comics and i got lucky like i when i met andrew he had read maybe three graphic novels maybe four and had like hadn't grown up with comics still doesn't understand any of my video game references whatsoever (laughs) pop music from for about 15 years he's unaware of like he just lived a completely different life like classical music and and typical gay pursuits like theater (laughs) and uh, the arts so for him like to come in and see like oh like he collects books that's cool i have a lot of books too oh 80 percent of his books are 90 percent of his books are comics that's okay that's not that's like you know what i mean like it's it's a shocking thing and he's got how many video game systems four that's weird right like that's a lot (laughs) that's a lot of video games so yeah i think i think they're like the thesis that you put out is like nice. It's actually really nice, yeah. <laughs> but I, it wasn't true for me. I'll say, I anyway. don't mean that the stigma is not there, but the people that we call nerds and jocks, like the way we describe those people, I think they're much yeah. closer. I just did a cool hand symbol for our podcast listeners. Fingers <laughs> <laughs> coming together. Yeah. 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 There's a great, there's a great college humor sketch about how sports nerds and Marvel movie nerds are the same thing. In oh, that I hate them both. Yeah. Right? Like they're just both the worst. Like, oh, you've managed you've memorized all of your team's stats and your team's powers. And it's like, what am I talking about? Am I talking about Marvel teams or am I talking about football teams? I could be talking about either. You can't tell. Anyway, uh, long yeah. story short, yeah. For the I never had a problem with like, oh, this doesn't seem real that this person, but like Hirotaka seems more like a contemporary person where they're not gonna get bullied for 
their you know obsessive video game playing or whatever because video games are so huge like and doing anything too much is seen as like mm-hmm. or something like like troubling or like weird or whatever but yeah like oh everyone at comic kids and <laughs> is an otaku and it's like yeah all five hundred thousand of them that go to that show are yeah. otaku and everyone's like worried about it but they are like you talk to people and it's like no i'm not they talk about it like being gay in a lot of ways like no i'm not out at work or no i'm not out at my boyfriend uh, to my boyfriend about being an otaku not about not being gay you know like it's totally real i went to a gay bar once and i was sort of sitting there and i was on my second drink and chatting with people and i'm like hey gundam gundam like is that a gundam and they're like oh yeah you know what a gundam is and i'm like yeah and they're like are you an otaku and i was like i i yeah i guess like i'm an otaku i mean i work for a manga publisher all of a sudden they just like all like eh, lost their shit. Lost their shit. <laughs> what manga publisher? And I'm like, oh, it's Shueisha America, Shueisha Shogakukan America's Viz. And they're like, oh, Shopro. Ah, and it's like, what's Viz? It's called Viz, actually. And they're like, oh, you guys, so you do, oh my God. And then they just went on and on and on. And it was just yeah. like, I was just at a gay bar that was a regular gay bar that had like a Gundam hidden amongst literally the alcohol <laughs> bottles on the back shelf. And we're just talking about gay bar things. And all of a sudden you bring up manga and everyone just like ready to come out. Like, oh, he's, we can talk to him about this. This is okay. Yeah. Like we don't have to just like only talk about what happened last night on Drag Race. We could talk about Gundam too. It was wow. awesome actually. But yeah, that it, it was funny too, because reading this was exactly what I expected it to be when I first looked it up. And it was exactly that. It's been my experience with people, especially closer to my age in Japan, like having to like, yeah, everyone collects these things as long as you don't get to be too much about it. Mm-hmm. It's fine, right? Just like whatever, like everyone will have a cute charm on their phone or their bag or their keys or whatever. But maybe if you're if you have like 10 cute charms in your bag, maybe that's a problem. And I'm at like four right now. So I maybe have to pull back like a little bit when I go back to Japan. But yeah, I think I think that that part of this, like the nerd culture part of it being pro- troublesome rank true like obviously everything when it's you know you're doing narrative is, is dialed up a little bit mm-hmm. for for narrative enjoyment to, for to create some some drama and some whatever but like yeah dude fujoshi are still maybe the most like they're almost as persecuted despite having the purchasing power that they do as actual like lolicon dudes like it's like <laughs> the idea that you would be into two dudes is gross on like a l- lot of ways and a lot of a lot of guys don't want to get into a relationship with a girl who is just as attracted to her boyfriend as her she's attracted to her boyfriend making out with another guy so there is like actually like a fujoshi oh and it goes back to um that anime clip that you sent us i don't think i put it in the show notes but it was from nichijo and when you oh, when it was yeah. like oh that that guy the police officer can't look in my bag because i've got my my bl manga that i've drawn <laughs> oh, and i can't yeah. let him know that i'm a fujoshi so i will literally beat the shit out of a police officer so he doesn't see my my boy boy kissing joke. drawing <laughs> <laughs> and it's like yeah that's pretty extreme that's like take it to another level but like yeah that's like a very common belief amongst about amongst fujoshi and amongst nerds so yeah on that level all of that rang true I liked this. It's hard to say. I liked the first volume less than I liked how the same material was handled in the anime. I actually watched the <laughs> anime officially first. We're going to fight so much on this episode. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. Game on. Let's do it. I liked the anime. The first, the first episode of the anime only covers like the first 24 pages of this book too. Mm-hmm. It really is. You could absolutely say, oh, it's drawn out and oh, it's, 
boring and oh the timing is off and whatever and i totally see, would see a point of view on that but the things that the anime did better that this kind of glossed over were it introduces the friendship between the two ladies really beautifully mm-hmm. where like you actually get to see the conversation that they have where they both sort of come out to each other about their otaku-ish pursuits mm-hmm. where they both like reveal to each other what their pen names are so she's got a pen name for making her sh- her like smutty manga and the and the other girl's got a pen name for like what she poses as when she's cosplaying and she's like it's super cute oh. and they both like really connect on that front and it kind of glosses over that in the manga and i realized that like the manga is both the rough draft of this story and the rewrite mm. the manga started out as a web comic where she's just doing a lot of those single page gags or the single panel gags the shorts and then it was made into a serialized comic the longer comics pages were added for the for like the the print edition so that there would be more of a traditional narrative story and then the anime is like we're going to take all of the information that you've written for the first like five or six volumes and rework it all to include all of the bits that we find out later because you're kind of making it up as you go along it's a web comic there's nothing wrong with that so the anime felt a lot better that first episode we got to see that relationship moment really clearly we got to see sort of an expanded version of the conversations between naru and, and hirotaka and i think the pacing is definitely slower mm-hmm. oh we get to see a whole sequence that's a, a throwaway gag in like naru's profile is like oh she always hits the snooze on her alarms or she's always late for work the manga the anime starts in traditional shoujo manga style with the heroine realizing she's late for school and having to run for the train to not be late for first day at her new job and it's like it's sure it's a cliche but it's fun and it's fun when you're doing a show about animated manga to also include cliches of animated manga to play off of them in that way mm-hmm. so yeah this is a long way of sending long david, david, way of sending. david have you watched the anime i watched a few episodes but okay. i was not into it Aww. he was not into it the short version i is- think he has oh yeah go ahead well, should Chips give his take and then Deb give her? Yeah, take let's, then... let's. Yeah, let me just say, manga is a solid seven out of ten. Anime is an eight out of ten for me, and I like them both for different reasons. But yeah, could go either way. But yeah, sure, Chip. What did you think before we really dig into anime? <laughs> um, I really didn't like this. Oh, mm. tell me more. Tell me more. Like, like right across the board, I didn't like any of the pacing. I thought the dialogue was clunky. I'd have to go back and reread scenes again to make sure I didn't miss something because mm. I couldn't tell if it was a translation issue or what. Like mm-hmm. I found characters would just like bounce back and forth and like awkwardly insert phrases that didn't match what was happening. It felt like I was reading something translated, retranslated, translated back, retranslated, and translated back again mm-hmm. for the most part. You know, Chris mentioned you know somebody goes over to someone's apartment and sees all their nerd stuff and like. You know, it could signify that you're a nerd or a taku or whatever. Well, this artist is, doesn't draw backgrounds or items, so it's impossible to actually get that <laughs> idea across. Like, they exist in these vacuum spaces in which they're just kind of attractive people going about and just talking about how nerdy they are without actually showing it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, 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 it's wild to me that anyone likes this. I, found, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't almost... Like, there was, like, one joke sweet thing that kind of landed for me which was when the one character noticed the other character practicing his winking that was a a cute gag the 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 setup and the start of it is 
rushed, awkward, doesn't make any sense. And then as the characters progress, you're just like, wait, like, did they forget about this scene? Did they forget that they're childhood friends? Like what? Like it contradicts mm-hmm. itself so many times as you go through mm-hmm. it that I just had like whiplash going back and forth in this book, trying to figure out again, if I'd missed something. Cause yeah, I, I can't even like it, 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 the whole, the whole book just like boggles my mind a little bit. <laughs> so, I mean, okay. So they're uh, childhood friends, but that's a mm-hmm. retcon because uh, towards the beginning, they don't seem that way at all. They're just kind of learning about each other and they're going to date because they're otaku, but they show no interest in each other. And then they even managed to have a kiss at some point that was supposed to be a well, punch. <laughs> and even that didn't make any sense. And then <laughs> that was it. Like, that's it. That's all there was. Like, like, like part of me, I'm like, okay, I feel bad not mm-hmm. liking this because the characters are clearly asexual. And this is like a, a story about asexuals learning about themselves and, and, and forming romantic bonds through shared interests, even though they're not shared interests, really, because they all have their own interests. <laughs> so I didn't get, I did, I just didn't get it. And, and, and part of it will be like, sure, I didn't get a, a ton of the jokes because uh, a lot of them are obviously very specific toward otaku, and yeah. perhaps the three, the three of you. <laughs> Weirdly, I think different ones for like all three of us probably hit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I will say sense. that I really needed the translation notes in the back because some of it is some of yeah. the otaku references are deep cuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like oh, like the one where it says "happy people blow up and die." It's like what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. not a Hatsune Miku type fan, so that that was like I don't get it, and so I have to go to the translation notes. Go, I still don't get it, but okay. Yeah. Did you switch back while you were reading, or did you catch up at the end? I had to catch up at the end. I just kind of tend to read through and then hope that I'll I'll read the translation notes in the back and <laughs> something will make more sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've established that chips of Nick of Normie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I'm, I'm, the, I'm the Normie. Of really the important for I guess, the rest of the episode. I guess I kind of fig- like, like when I re- reread it, I thought to myself, if this is inside baseball for me, how's Chip going to take this? <laughs> yeah, apparently not not well. Like in in the past, when there have been manga that you know have had these kind of like jokes that maybe I don't get, I still get the the sense around it. And there there's plenty of other jokes in there that don't rely on that kind of knowledge to kind of win me over. And, and this just didn't feel like it had any of that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not for you, okay? Dead <laughs> <laughs> well, before fair. Chris. Alienates any more of our fr- fans. Were you telling us how you felt about this series? <laughs> oh, me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah keep going. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I like Wotakoi just because, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm a shoujo manga fan. As a, That's where my manga love comes from. Mm-hmm. So I love a good romance. I love a, uh, I love a good romantic comedy. And I also kind of appreciate that this is a romance that is about people who are older than high school kids or even older yeah. than college kids. And that's yeah. surprisingly rare in manga uh, because a lot of the manga that gets imported is shoujo or shonen, which is basically aimed at middle school to high school kids, high school readers. So the fact that this was about people 
who are office workers was kind of fresh and interesting for me. Mm-hmm. But also, to, I'm looking as I was looking at you know the books that we've talked about, and we're in like episode 42 now. We haven't really we're we're pretty skint on romance <laughs> yeah. in our selection, you know. Mm-hmm. But is this romance? Absolutely. <laughs> Technically. Technically. It's a romantic comedy before it's a romance, I think. Yeah. I guess, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I love romance. Like, like my college years were spent reading Harlequin romances. Like, I'm a huge romance guy. Yeah. No I kidding. Got none, I got none of that here. Because I don't, uh, it, didn't, it didn't feel like the author knew what they wanted or where the characters should be I said it was about relationships rather than romance. Would that seem more realistic? Or is it still pretty far fetched? It's 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 about relationships, but again, like I don't I don't feel like any of the characters had any kind of like clearly defined qualities to actually like mm. like he was mean, but he was really nice, but like and, and they kind of like they bounced so quickly back and forth. Yeah. And she was like again, like in love, not in love, what like all, all the all the characters are kind of bounced back and forth too drastically to actually like there was no actual buildup of character because they were so busy mm-hmm. kind of bouncing around just to suit whatever the the gag or or to fill space hmm. that that mm-hmm. I, I couldn't yeah I don't know I, I feel like uh, uh, call me old fashioned I think a story should be about like <laughs> developing a character and building them up toward through through the interactions towards some sort of goals and yeah i i could yeah i think one one gap between us us three and you i think is that we're more experienced with the manga character types yeah all of the all four of these are like straight up tropes like i mentioned in the nozaki kun episode i forgot the name again that quickly that even all the hair colors are the same in this manga as in that manga and they're kind (laughs) of like a similar you know pitch similar tone sometimes yeah so when I see, you know, Hirotaka with you know, the glasses and the dark hair, he reads as a type to me. Like I kind of fill in some texture naturally. Yeah, he felt he felt like a type because he he looked exactly like the the main guy in Nozaki-kun as well. Yeah, it's yeah. it's there's something there that I haven't quite figured out yet. Like maybe they're all homaging the same thing, you know? Yeah. But his girlfriend Koyonagi, who might be my favorite character in the series, same thing. Like the very like kind of mean tough no nonsense lady but has like a secret soft side too yeah like that's like tsundere is the i guess yeah. the stereotype where it's like hot and cold or something like that yeah it's like that there's se- several personality tropes in anime and manga and tsundere is one of the one of the more famous ones it's mm-hmm. like tsundere like it's like tsun, it's basically the the per- character who is prickly but has a soft side like yeah, like she yeah. start like when you meet him or her, you she's in, initially very standoffish and kind of prickly and grouchy and but if you as you get to know them they warm up and they have a soft side that they're very embarrassed about they're very yeah. embarrassed about showing so um, I don't I was kind of wondering like because there's a very well established character tropes in manga that have specific names are there similar things in Western comics. Like the Mary Sue, I know, but if you said, "Oh, that character is a best friend type," that actually mm. totally translates. Like you, you kind of mm. get like, like it's not. I don't. I think there are tropes for sure. I mean, there's a whole website of them that everyone loves using arguments, but I, I think it's not the same as it is 
not exactly the same as it is in anime and manga. Maybe I, I don't think we use it for marketing necessarily. Yeah, exactly. I, no, I think do, these tro- tropes absolutely. are very much like they're aimed at a person, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like they're meant to appeal to a specific type. Mm. Mm. They even commented on it when it's like when they introduce Hirotako's little brother, they're mm. like, oh, he's the like, he seems like he'd be the popular type because he's so friendly and going. He's like, actually, no, he's not the strong character. He doesn't have a strong personality. So he's the blend into the background type who doesn't actually end up having getting with yeah. anybody. And they like comment on the idea of tropes of new characters that are introduced in the manga, which yeah. I was, I, I found delightful. But also, if you don't understand literally any point of that, then you're like, what, what is going on here? This is the first time in a while I was reading it. You know, Chip has proven me wrong enough times on this podcast where I've just been like where he has liked something that I thought he would bounce off of or like really liked something that I couldn't see coming that I was I try to I read these with an open mind now, but I was like, man, I don't know about this one. Like this one is pretty, pretty inside. I don't know. <laughs> it's if, pretty deep. I don't know if Chip's going to be OK with this one. Mm. And I actually have a whole anecdote for later about that. <laughs> about about me. Yeah. not. Uh, I don't about know about you this. not liking stuff and proving me wrong in liking stuff that I didn't think you'd like. Yeah. I, but, I'm yeah, a mystery. I'm a mystery. That's what this is all about. This whole podcast. <laughs> what, I'm a that's what makes this delightful. Like, you know, like yeah. recommending something for you is really a crapshoot, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I have no set characteristics like these characters. <laughs> oh, wow. You actually show up in volume six. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about the anime and kind of tie it back to the nerd point a little bit. Because I think yeah, uh, yeah. Chris is absolutely right with everything he said about like nerd and nerd dumb. And like I said, I've had a very privileged position. But I think with the anime, and I'll get back to the nerd thing in a second, but the anime, mm. my trouble was the comic timing. Because mm. even though I don't identify as a nerd, I hold a very nerdy position that nine times out of ten, the comic is better than like the adaptation. Yeah, yeah. And in this case, like I can hear the timing, like the jokes land the way they should in my head. And for the you know, there's benefits to the anime, like the music and like the visual references pop a little bit better. But like the comic clicks for me in the way the anime didn't. Mm. And that's a very specific opinion of mine, which I think is like the heart of like nerdiness. You know, like finding this minutia, finding these little things. But I think that my, the gap with the nerdiness for me and specifically American nerdiness, like the Japanese otaku thing is clearly on another level is that everyone has that thing they're specific about or almost everyone does, whether it's (laughs) fantasy football or, you know, great British bake off or drag race. And like the category of things we just, we decided are nerdy or someone decided are nerdy seem like such a fake category. The, the main characters in this just seem normal to me, you know, because mm. they're yeah. not even that obsessed with what they do. They still go to work and no. have jobs and it's not messing up their life the way you would think. They like, can code switch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. very well, like, you know, his brother, Hirotaka's brother is such a funny character to me because he's so dumb, but it's like so dumb. innocent <laughs> dumb. You know, uh-huh. he's, he's yeah. like a shonen yeah. hero. Yeah. He just and, sort of powers through. Yeah. And because I've read all, like a lot of the stuff that they're referencing, you know, I've spent a lot of time digging into Japanese culture and manga specifically. I think that a lot of the references I kind of hit. And if I don't get it, I kind of glide over it. I just go like, mm. okay, well, this is like some Gundam stuff I don't get. Or this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? 
but this You're is foreshadowing like a tall next order. episode right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but this is like a tall, it's a tall drink of otakuness because there are so many different things that are referenced and not everything is explained necessarily or like, yeah. you know, shaded in yeah. the text. It's just like, take it or don't keep on moving. Mm. Hmm. I picked this book partly because I knew David liked it a lot mm-hmm. and I wanted to give David a chance to talk about it. By n- by not being the host. <laughs> oh, nice. and, like I never read romance, so this is tough to talk about in an effective way. I think I read more romantic comedies than romance. Mm. Yeah, but there are all these little bits that were charming. Like if you look at page two forty, it's part of like the the web comic stuff where it's just kind of single jokes on each page, and it's the <laughs> expectation and the reality of Otakoi. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And. Like, I've seen all these drawings on real, like, yaoi dojinshi or, you know, like, sexy fan art. And then the bottom is such a good, like, poking a hole in these tropes that, I guess, growing up with the internet and being a de- degenerate taught me. <laughs> yeah, that one with Hiro Taco <clears throat> wiping this blood off of his nose is actually, like, the cover of multiple books. Yeah. So that's pretty funny. Sorry, Chip, yeah. what were you going to say? Looking at the page of the male reader's expectations. Mm-hmm. I was just like, this is just like the most obvious joke. They're not landing with me, not just because I don't know what, like, I understand what a nerd is. Yeah. But, but it's just like, oh, like, it's just such a, I think because like we set the bar so high on this podcast too. <laughs> like mm. there are, there are series that, you know, that I laugh just thinking about. And the fact that like the most direct comparison is Nozaki-kun which is a fantastic, extremely funny book. Mm-hmm. Like this gag wouldn't fly in there, I don't think, as a, as as a full page gag, anyways. Like it, it might be part of a larger gag, but yeah, on their on their own, uh, I don't think these gags work. What do you think worked best about Nozaki Kun that doesn't work here, or like isn't present here? Backgrounds, but, uh, backgrounds. Yeah, I kind of attention to detail and like the jokes kind of came fast and furious and they were of a higher quality mm-hmm. and, and didn't nothing really felt like filler in there the way it feels here. Like a lot of the dialogue just feels like, Oh, look at them. I'm having them have a conversation, but it, it's, we're not really going anywhere with it. And it's not, and we're contradicting ourselves in the conversation. Whereas Nozoki Kun just like was like this banger after banger of jokes. And and you kind of you you got the characters like you understood the characters and how they related to each other throughout it. There's a consistency to the characters. I think that that made it work. Gotcha. I think that makes sense. And Deb was Nozaki Kun. Was that a four, a four panel comic or yep. was it a monthly? It's a four panel comic. Every I think every installment of uh, Nozaki Kun is maybe about a collection of four to six of these okay. four panel comics but also to the the creator izumi tsubaki that by the time she created ozaki kun that was maybe about her fourth or fifth manga series mm-hmm. this is fujita's first series yeah and this is also an adaptation from webcomic to printed book so sometimes it has this feeling of being like she's working out the characters and i'm assuming she, by the way she's working out the characters personalities mm-hmm in this book, like you can see their sketches mm-hmm. or these little character profiles and, you know, like these little vignettes. There's like one where like on page 114, where Hirotaka is like 
holding Narumi at arm's length from checking his phone. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, or there's like these <laughs> profiles of them, like, oh, this, here's what they, I think it's on page, page 156, where it's like how they wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's all these little vignettes about that are trying to give you as a reader who these characters are and how they're different. Yeah. And, and, and those, th- those upset it, me so much. Tell me more. <laughs> tell me more. How's that? Because it, it, it was, because it was a shortcut. Mm. Like it, it's, it's like they couldn't accomplish it within the comics. So they're like, here's a, like, here's a bio sheet on them that gives you all the little quirks and stuff that I wasn't able to actually integrate into the book. Ah, like, and don't get me wrong. I've done mm. it before. And my friends do it. Like, Jonathan Hickman, king of the <laughs> the graphics, the data graphics, yeah, <laughs> information that he couldn't fit into the comics, and I have done that as well, very recently. But it just really jumped out and graded on me here because of the fact that it it was instead of doing it within the comic. But but I also get mm. like 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 reading this, like you can totally see that it's first timer and you can see them working through it and and it does get stronger by the end so i, I can only imagine like volume two three four um mm-hmm. are much better than than this volume mm. yeah there's far less of these little character sketches or vignettes in the subsequent volumes because by then i think they've established who these characters are and what the rhythm of their their relationships with each other or the recurring jokes will be that's kind of what I was getting at at mm. the beginning with the anime, where it's like mm-hmm. you have a chance to rewrite the beginning of the of the series of the story mm-hmm. with a team of talented professionals who are good at adapting things into into animation, right? Mm-hmm. So that like the first, and I just counted, it's the first sixteen pages make up the first twenty minute, twenty two minute anime episode. Like that is that is not how anime usually gets adapted. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So I think it, usually it's a lot quicker, and I think they inserted a lot more of the things to make a smoother narrative. That you know, I didn't notice Possibly it as much. Possibly to I was make a narrative, this. period. Actually, because like nothing's happening here, really. <laughs> see, I because I've watched the anime all the way through and then read this, I see what Fuji is trying to do. Like, if you go back and read those first sixteen pages again, where it ends with Hirotaka saying, "And you know, I want to date you, and I want to be together, and also I'll cover you for you at the." At, at the thing mm-hmm. at the at comicet and then she's like deal in the anime afterwards they both shake and nod heads while they're looking at each other in like a business transactional kind of way and it adds like another level of gag onto this but like you see if you go back and read those first 16 pages you see that he is trying to hint a couple of times in that those first 16 pages that like are you sure you wouldn't want somebody that would understand what it's like to be an otaku and she is oblivious she doesn't see it <laughs> and it's really subtle to the point that i don't think like I, the anime plays it up more. And if I maybe hadn't watched the anime, I wouldn't have caught it. It would have just seemed like he was disinterested playing in a game, kind of half talking to her. And I think there's really, it. I I have much warmer feelings to the comic because I watched and liked the anime. But if you are just like a hardcore otaku who doesn't need the anime, like it's all well, here. <laughs> I think it's all here because it's shorthand. Because it's the kind of shorthand that you learn to read from having read all the same works that the person who's making this manga has read. And this is the first time, maybe other than Nozaki-kun, which I also was like, I also think that the anime did some points way better than the manga did. Mm -hmm. And Chip even came around on that, thank God. (laughs) But 
yeah, I think we've all read the same stuff. So I think we can we get the shorthand, not just for the character types, not just for the character tropes, but also the kinds of relationships that are going on here. Like you read this straight, like the relationship that the other two characters have that aren't the ones on the cover of the first book. I can't remember their names. Kabakura uh, have, Toyonagi. It seems like abusive. It seems shitty, right? It's like, no, they're both they both like to dig at each other. That's actually part of their deal. But if you don't know that and they're just shitty to them, like they're just watching them be shitty to each other, you're like, these people are fucking toxic. Why is this? Why is this a romance book? Like, this is awful. (laughs) But if you have grown up on the same shit that they have as well, it doesn't make it okay in the like general or in the world. But in the context of this book, how these two characters interact with each other is how these two characters interact with each other. And they're both like along for the ride. So I think that there's like a lot here that as (laughs) the otaku of the title, we give a pass to. But I think a normie, when you give them this book, is going to be like, what is going on with this? <laughs> and I'm glad to see that that is how Chip feels in on one way. But yeah. I don't know. I don't like making him read stuff he doesn't like. But mm-hmm. yeah, man. Like, but I like is, talking sorry, to Chip, this is actually good. Like. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it had to happen, right? Yeah. But I think in page 250, right? That's the part where Hirotaka goes and tells Koyanagi and Kabakura. What do you guys like when you're alone? If you if you're at each other's throats all the time, and they just look shocked. Like, <laughs> surely you guys don't fight all the time. <laughs> I mean, you guys were chatting normally before I came over, and so then he cut. He kind of puts them on the spot and saying, "Are you guys just like being cats and dogs just to, you know, kind of overemphasize that you <laughs> that you aren't going out with each other?" Are you overcompensating? Let's say. <laughs> <laughs> the, like Chip mentioned that you can feel the newness of the creator. And I think that's true because as the series goes on, you get more and more scenes that are less like spot the reference and more like ex- exploiting a shared emotional resonance, maybe. Mm, yeah. yeah. Like I, I think it's volume three of the US edition. There's a moment where Hirotaka and, um, Narumi, they basically share their favorite anime theme songs and have like a little moment about it. And it's very cute. Like it's very much like sharing a mixtape or something like that. Or the scene Chris mentioned where the two ladies share their pin names. That's in that's at the end of volume two in print, which would have been the fourth volume in Japan. I think as the creator goes on and kind of figures out what they're doing, like the emotional stuff gets a lot better until You know, there are like little story arcs that kind of arc their way through. Like their relationship is very rocky and it's for, you know, pretty good reasons. They have several heart to hearts about it. You know? And those feel much more real. But then in between all that stuff is like, let's gender swap our boyfriends and see what they would look like as cute girls and things like that to keep the uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's really, there's more that goes on later. Like in volume three, there's a, a Hirotaka and Taro kind of like have a sauna off where they, they try to see who can stay in the sauna longer because they're trying to out macho each other. Like they're super mm-hmm. competitive. Like gamers are competitive and towers just yeah. like, not get obnoxious too. Right. So <laughs> it's, I think it just kind of hits a stride later, but I do kind of, I do get that this is, yeah, maybe not, maybe as you know, like when we say in the beginning of the show, right. Uh, manga for we were recommended for people who haven't read much manga before maybe yeah. this isn't a great pick for people who haven't read much <laughs> manga before <laughs> i think that's true though i'm looking at volume four now trying to find a stupid joke that i like 
And there's a lot more of the single pa- or single page jokes that Chip mentioned, where it's just like the easy gags mm. and more like proper narrative chapters, where like stuff goes on. There's like a beginning, middle, and end. And I think that might be partly why it feels better as time goes on. Is that it moves away from being like purely humor focused. Mm. Like it still keeps the focus, but it changes the storytelling, kind of expand yeah. a little bit. I think that's a that's a that's a a, a dynamic of doing web comics, where mm-hmm. if you're doing web comics, you're like putting out you know something you drew that day, right? Like or one or two pages, and you're looking for the the immediate gratification of the comments and the online readers going, "Dude, that's funny! Oh, that's the best!" You know, and like that's it's a, and Pixiv, right? It's kind of like a community of generally the already converted, right? Yeah. yeah. So like the Fujita at with this comic is playing to a certain audience and looking for their, their acknowledgement. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's super funny. Oh, I get it. Oh, you're one of us. And then taking it out of that web comic thing and making it a book where it reaches more people other than, you know, the Pixiv type community. It's a little different. Yeah. There's an entire chapter in, I guess spoilers for the comic in question. But there's an entire chapter where one of the characters is desperate to not tell his coworkers that they're going to get married to someone else. And it's just this long joke of like near misses. And then someone else comes in and says it on the last page. And it's such like an easy <laughs> joke, but the length of it makes it much more funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it still does all the signifying stuff because on the page, there's like a Kaiji joke. Oh yeah. You can see. <laughs> and you know, that's like, deep for americans at least like that's deep otaku stuff it's out now from dinpa publishing it's really good but it's not the easiest thing to pick up or even to catch when it's thrown you don't know like why this dude is suddenly drawn like a weird old man or like on page 24 there's an evangelion reference right yeah yeah (laughs) him doing the gendo that's pretty good (laughs) i there's such a big world of otaku stuff that we have not touched on this podcast I notice when I d- dive into manga spaces looking for ways to promote this podcast to see like what people are reading and what people are talking about. And with the exception of like Don to Don and, <laughs> and look back, it's usually pretty far away from what we're doing. <laughs> and you can sort of see it in the way that people re- request that we cover books in the comments and stuff like as well. And it's just, there's a lot of manga. In fact, some publishers whole publishing catalogs worth of manga that are not aimed at the general public they're they're manga for people who like manga they're the manga for otaku and i i appreciate david the way that you're saying that like that kind of distinction that you're an otaku or you're not an otaku is like kind of a fake distinction but mm-hmm. there's manga for manga people out there like there's manga that you know that's the word that the reason a word like normies exists you know <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's inside and there's outside in every community and Manga and anime, otaku culture has a huge inside and a equally as huge outside that works sometimes works for both sides. Yeah. So yeah, let the otaku have their fun as long as they're all in one building out on an island in the middle of Tokyo Bay and we don't have to see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's Tokyo Big Sight. <laughs> but five hundred thousand people is a pretty good army, so I'd be a little bit worried. <laughs> well, exactly. That's you know, and their spending power, their 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 purchasing might is considerable as well. But it's you know, it's the BL problem in Japan as well. It's like, yeah, BL is maybe the second best-selling category of all manga, like just behind shonen manga, but mm-hmm. it gets like a, an 
one one hundredth of the respect because it's like, oh, it's kind of icky to talk about. And, you know, we'll just let the we'll just let the ladies and the occasional gay handle that massive section of the industry that we <laughs> we're going to let them do their thing. We just don't want to look at it or talk about it. We'll just count the money when it comes in. So I think that that's it is interesting. And it's really been that that divide, whether it's been conscious or not, has been really clear in the kinds of books that all of us have suggested for this podcast with the exception of like the occasional art comic or BL metamorphosis or something like that, which is like just for us. So yeah, I don't know. I I'm with kind of with chip on this one. Like this is like, this is a first work. It's really rough in a lot of ways. And I loved seeing the way that they took all of this material that was cheated into the series and thrown into backups and, you know, retroactively they came up, she came up with it in, volume six and they retroactively inserted it into the first episode just to give the characters more character yeah, yeah i think that that's all true but also i kind of love that like i like seeing comics where you could see all the warts and you can see yeah. the behind the scenes and the rough sketches that are shoved into the middle that are like I, and i love web comics like i'm really fortunate to have a lot of friends that have made web comics over the years and i get it man you want to put something out there and have it hit the second you put it out there stringing those like tweets or those comics into a into a longer strip is actually really tough and that's the other part of that you know what i mean uh, yeah so yeah i, I have a lot of yeah i probably feel things. differently if i was reading this week to week too because mm-hmm. like i wouldn't feel mm-hmm. that way if i was reading a novel like if someone was working out their kinks in the first like 20 chapters <laughs> of their novel i'd be like what no i'm not gonna read this <laughs> <I'm out." laughs> right but but as like in terms of comics is like bite-sized bits you can kind of you can tolerate more amateur ishness yeah in, in in figuring things out and you know drawing style stuff like that that you you wouldn't with uh prose or even music right like mm. it's, it's interesting that we kind of accept more less polished work in comics more so than we do in in i think a, a lot of other types of art forms I think it's because the there are few fewer people between us and comics creators, like in general, yeah. you know, like yeah. if you want to talk about making a movie, that's hundreds of people, but a comic is hopefully, you know, like maybe three or four people. Yeah. So even something like this, you can kind of see like it's there's got to be some kind of personal expression in there. Hopefully, you know, that yeah. makes it good or makes it click, gives you something. And you I know, see it's like zines. like I sure. hate spending like four dollars for and sorry chip like for marvel and dc like spending four bucks kind of sucks how dare you <laughs> but i would spend eight dollars if it was independent you know there's like yeah. a yeah a gap in my head you know if it was a zine and on worse paper that i had to go somewhere yeah. to get i would spend more for it it's it's yeah. weird but it kind of makes sense like culturally yeah well i mean also when you talk about like impenetrable in jokes yeah marvel and dc are the king of that <laughs> Yeah. Except they're not. Except they're not jokes. They're not funny. They're <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking earlier story, and this yeah. is going to do nothing for my idea that nerds like are a fake idea. But this is kind of like if your first Marvel comic was Assistant Editors Month, like nothing <laughs> would make any sense. <laughs> and so, for our listeners who weren't born in the eighties, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Marvel used to do this thing, which was great, where they would let the assistant editors, like the number two person editing the book, come up with stories and like do a bunch of ridiculous, stupid things. And it was always very funny. It was like a good departure from the stories from a year. It was like a, a breather from the super serious stuff. 
<laughs> but it was also very, very insular. Yeah. And this is kind of similar. Though I do, I want to ask Chris in particular, do you see any overlap between this and Tokyo Tower Raven Girls? It's for the same audience. Of it's mm. for this. It's they're both. Uh, let's let's take a step, half a step back. They're both seinen titles. Okay. By, well, I guess presumed women that are about relationships and things like that. I think the biggest difference between the two is actually that Higashimura Sensei is just so much better than Fujita yeah. Sensei, and that's just... not. It's almost like a not fair. Like this is her first published like first printed book it's pretty clear she's done doujinshi as well <laughs> but whatever like this is her first printed manga and like tokyo terareba girls is something like the 30th volume of manga that Higashimura. thank you sensei had put out <laughs> wow that was a real that was a real blank i've been there and i think it's like not a i don't think it's a fair comparison on some ways but in other ways like yeah i think if you liked tokyo terareba girls and you were on the more weeby like otaku side of things in reading yeah. that you know what i mean i think that you would read this and i don't think you'd have a bad time but if you are if you liked it and you're more on the chip side of things where you're like you don't care about the animeness of any of this you just want a good story regardless of the format i think that you'd have a really hard time with this yeah i think i think oh i think higashimura sensei is so good at making comics that she can tailor her story for the audience that she wants in a way that will make them like it more. And, you know, she's had some missteps as well. Like she has tried to tailor her stuff too far and gone too far and been too off putting or too whatever. And people didn't like the work, but like she really focused Tokyo Terareva girls like a laser beam and it found its audience. Like it hit. Yeah. And I think that this mangaka on, on Wotokoi doesn't have the same skill, but has a lot of the same art and is trying to talk about things from their perspective. And it's like, there's so many little tricks like that. And they're like, every character is based on one of her friends. And that's like something a lot of first time authors do. Mm. Everything is like a trope that's going to grow out of this tropey space as the series progresses onwards. That's something that a lot of first time authors do. So here's, here's the know. difference think, between Terra Raba girls. Oh, and this. I mean, there's a mm -hmm. lot of differences, but I think the main is one is you liked this, the other one <laughs> better. <laughs> Tokatea Reba Girls is by an author who is taking her knowledge and of what transpired in the past and using it. Like she has all the knowledge because she's lived through the period. Mm. Mm. This is an author projecting forward. This feels like a young author thinking what is what is office like life for Otaku? Because there's there's nothing here that indicates office life like it just happens to be a place that they're it happens to be a place that they congregate like but there's 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 really nothing to do with work in this tokyo terrible girls actually delves into the, the the work life balance yeah so yeah this feels like a young author trying to imagine what being uh older in a workplace is and terrible girls is the opposite of that mm. looking back Ed, where do you where do you fall on that do you see any Similarity, any common ground? Yeah, I, 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 I can see your point. Like, we were, I think I was talking with Ryan Holmberg about this. Like, mm -hmm. he, he was asking me, do shoujo manga creators, as they get older and have children and get married, tend to want to not create shoujo manga anymore? 
Like, do they tend to create graduate to Jose stories because they they their life experience makes them feel like it's not it doesn't make sense for them to draw high school romances anymore. Like it just feels mm-hmm. like not enough. Or they they know from their own life experiences that real relationships are complicated and messy and inter- and therefore more interesting <laughs> to write about than the tropes of a high school crush romance type of thing, right? Because when you, you know, if you're in your 20s, your 30s, you know that the happy ending of, oh, we, he, he, we're boyfriend, girlfriend now, at, and we're going to graduate and we're going to go to college together. No, that's not going to work out in the long run. Chances <laughs> <Yeah>. are. <laughs> and so this, I, I get your point, like that sometimes this is an imagined relationship, an imagined perfect relationship between certain archetypes of nerds, mm-hmm. uh, certain tribes of nerds, or certain anime manga, established anime manga personality types. But is it really a real relationship? It does it capture the complexities and the you know the heartbreak of a real relationship? It 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 does I think it follows a formula. And it follows mm-hmm. a formula in a way that is satisfying if you've been reading this kind of stuff like oh, it's okay you know I'm, I'm like harlequin right like harlequin like or shoujo manga or josie manga like the the big criticism is there are no men who are like that ladies <laughs> no men like this think like this will treat you like this but it's like a bubble bath of of entertainment right mm-hmm. you can enjoy the bubbles and then they fade away and then you go about your regular life. But, but you know, like you can kind of think like, oh, how lo- wouldn't it be nice if boyfriends mm. were like this? Wouldn't this be nice if they were all arrogant, secretly rich men who would sweep me off my feet and take me shopping? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is, kind of, this is like an otaku version of that. Like, wouldn't it yeah. be nice if I had a boyfriend or girlfriend who felt passionate about the same things I do? and I could play games with them. We could, you know, I could cry about Sailor Moon R and they would sympathize, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a fantasy. Uh, you know, I mean, that's love is hard for Otaku. <laughs> 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 I've, I've, have you dated? I mean, I, I'm trying to think, like, what, what, what nerds have I dated that I've had, I felt this compaticoness of, oh my God, did you read the latest Bubble Moon? It's oh, <laughs> awesome. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm basically a closeted nerd at work. Mm. My my coworkers follow me on Twitter, and I dread it. But you know? are you a closeted nerd, or have you just found a balance? I don't mention it. I just okay. don't. I just don't mention like, oh, by the way, my mm. secrets, my secret other life, and some <laughs> is I'm a <laughs> expert on Japanese comics. <laughs> <laughs> I spend a ridiculous amount of money on Japanese comics. Did you know that I don't own a home because I buy a ridiculous <laughs> amount of Japanese comics? But you can make a home out of them physically. I could probably make, yeah, a, a bed yeah. frame at least out of it, like Jason Thompson did once upon a time. But you know, it's it's like, would I? But would I be happy to date a, a boyfriend who has just as much anime manga uh, fixation? Mm-hmm. I think our house would sink. 
Yeah, there is that. <laughs> the fire yeah. trap. And then we'd go through this ugly process of, oh, I have this too. Do you have this too? Do you want to throw out this one? Because we then we have like two copies. Oh, no, separate bookcases. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've never gone through this. I've, got, I've, had, I've had boyfriends had separate fixations. Like I had a boyfriend who was really into psychedelic trance. Completely yeah. separate narrative. Wow. <laughs> it's like <a> trance. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it was great. You know, I mean, he never went with me to Comic Con, but we went to the Redwood Forest to go to some funky ass rave. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> wow. So, one great. reason I love doing this podcast is all of you have such awesome stories just like that. <laughs> but also, all three of you, I think I agree with you, your perspective on Tokyo Tarareba girls in this. And I asked because. Like Chip said, I think that Tokyo Tarareba Girls is much more mature in mm. like focus and storytelling, but it also has a bunch of nerd jokes that don't land like the ones in this. Yeah. Even though mm. characters transform into costume or like go you know, full transformation, and I think it's because Higashimura has the perspective to look back and say, "Okay, what's like a normal level to like something?" You know, mm. <laughs> like not an yep. alienating level, but like. <laughs> People in Japan like love Gundam. Part of this, you know, dive into the series for me has been reading about the people who grew up on it. And it's really like if you made fun of someone for liking the Christopher Reeve Superman movie, it's like it's on that level where it's just part of the culture. Hmm. And I think stories like this tend to treat it as being like a special part of the culture, like something where you have something where you have to constantly signify like I'm a nerd. I'm an otaku. Here's why. Here's how. And I think in Tarareba Girls, like it's just part of their DNA. And I think also in Nozaki-kun to a lesser extent, to where when it pops out, it feels like a natural, it feels organic, like part of a conversation. Mm. While in here, it's more of like a remember this, you know, kind of a thing. But I like both. Yeah. I like, like the things I like about this are not what I like about Tarareba Girls. But what I like most about this, I think, are where it moves closest to Tarareba Girls. Like the last spread of volume one page 260 i'm sorry 258 and then onto this spread after that where they where she kind of thinks and goes like oh all of our dates are like the comic cat or the arcade or the office or his house and then he is kind of on the same wavelength and trying to figure out how to kind of nurture their relationship and go on like a real date i think that's the mature stuff that really benefits the series as it goes on even more all so right. like the nerd stuff the is series. like dressing we get, we did it. We beat Chip in the submission. <laughs> I don't think he's going to read volume two, to be perfectly honest, but I respect that. Yeah, oh, you, no, nothing's okay, for everybody. One, one of my least favorite parts of this was when she's talking to the brother, just how ham-fisted it was to bring up the subject of dates. Mm. Where she looks at him and goes, oh, no need to get embarrassed and silly. Narumi chan are you drunk? But enough about me. First of all, what does that mean? How have you two been? Gone on any dates lately? Like, that is... <laughs> That section of dialogue is some of the worst dialogue I've ever read. <laughs> oh. All right, I don't like it again. Sorry. <laughs> now we have to do another hour of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go. Let's go around one last time, and I guess sum things up. Chris, you wanna you wanna give your final thoughts on what the coin? Yeah. So here's the story I alluded to earlier. We got a <laughs> comment. Someone discovered the podcast, I guess, recently, about a month ago. And was like, and so a bunch of comments started appearing on old episodes on mungsplaining.com. Check it out. And it was like, this is the third episode in a row where they asked Chip if he understood what was going on and if he got all the cultural <laughs> references. And 
I, I hope it's not like this all the time because I'm going to hate the podcast if it is. Something like that. And I'm being really mean to whoever comments. Whoever yeah, took yeah the great time to voice. Comment. Yeah. Sorry, like we want comments. Uh, we want comments, re- Chris. We, we do want comments, but I will make fun of you on the podcast. Maybe that makes it better. Yeah, maybe. Who could say? We'll but it was like, it for you. Honestly, when that was happening, when we were three episodes in, I actually became really aware of the fact that I was actually asking you every episode. Well, I was Did too. get it? Was it okay? Yeah. But we, we kind of stopped. We kind of stopped doing that with Chip, and we sort of let him <laughs> explain <laughs> what he thought, and rather than ask him what he thought. And, and if, you know, if he didn't, I think we trusted you that if you didn't get something, you would ask us. You'd be like, How do I feel like a child in this conversation? (laughs) (laughs) You're my three parents. No, thank you. I'm going out for cigarettes. (laughs) 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 Wow. All three of my parents went out for cigarettes at the same time. That's weird. Why didn't just one go and get the cigarettes? I should have hit the hang up button and he wouldn't have known if we all hung up or if it was just me. Anyway. But like, when that happened, it was like, I was really aware. It was like, man, you just got to trust that the manga that we're reading, Chip's either going to like or not like on their own merits. And if he doesn't understand something, he'll just ask because he's a grown, grown ass adult. And so we we mostly stopped doing that. I think I think I, I can't even think of the last really Japanese manga, especially contemporary manga that we've read that that didn't explain what was going on for the most part. It's also fine to ask me. Like, I, I yeah, I know it is. Commenter yeah, I don't, looking out for but me that guy whatever, is. But... <laughs> He's so upset about episode three that I'm never going back to it. No, but like, <laughs> you proved the point here that if, if you really didn't get what was going on or didn't like something, you just let us know. And I think that's actually kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. It's like where you're at now... 40 what is this two 42 episodes in 42. versus you know <laughs> three episodes in where it was like and did anything scare you about <laughs> their legs are just under the blanket and it's warm under there they're not disappeared it's okay buddy it's okay oh my god yeah so i think that that's awesome and that kind of sums up this this whole book it's like if this is the kind of thing where you're going to get what's going on like you're going to you're probably going to like it i think oh. there's it's just it's so for you that doesn't mean that it's good actually it's the other thing <laughs> i think there's some real problems with this manga that we've we've taken i think we did a pretty good job explaining what's wrong with it i will i will say you guys have changed my opinion about one thing about this manga from talking to you today i thought the translation was awful when i finished reading it i thought the translation actually was really really bad and I was upset about it, actually. And now I think it's just the manga. I think maybe the translation is accurate and maybe even good, but the manga is stilted and weird. The like, so the the sequence Chip just mentioned, where it's the clumsy transition to talking about gone into any dates lately. So panel one, whatever. Panel two. Oh, so you just went to a movie with your friend, huh? Well then, yep, yep, says the boy. So, was it a date, says Naru? No, it was just a friend from school, says the brother. No need to get embarrassed then, silly, says Naru. And then the brother then the brother goes, Narubi-chan, are you drunk? But enough about me. How have you two been gone on any dates lately? So that's clearly whatever he's saying about dates is following up on her asking two panels earlier. Did you have a date with somebody? And that's why you were out with them. But the translation doesn't connect the two. And it could, as like a piece of writing, it could connect it. But I'm 99% sure that the author didn't connect the two in the original <laughs> Japanese. And the translator 
did an accurate translation. And so what I want to see instead is a rewrite. Um, and I think we're not going to get that. Obviously, we're five printed volumes in of, ten, <laughs> of double volumes of 10 volumes of manga. Once they get wind that manga explaining asks for a rewrite, it'll happen. <laughs> it ha- and the rewrite is the anime. That's the other thing. The yeah, rewrite yeah. is the anime. And I think the anime translation, from what I, I can listen to the Japanese and see how far off sometimes the subtitles are. And the subtitles are pretty loose compared to the actual what they're saying. But they're also rewriting it so that people that are watching it on Amazon Prime, not Crunchyroll, which is to say, not the hardcore otaku, will be understand, able to understand what's going on. They're giving a loose translation of what's going on. So I think, yeah, this is a manga for manga people. This is not the kind of manga for people who don't read much manga. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I do think it made for a hell of an episode. <laughs> That's my final thoughts. Somebody I else talk. I can't believe about. we got to there's not that there's anything wrong with that in this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if there's one book we've read so far, not that there's anything wrong with it. I think it's maybe this or maybe actually Panorama Island. But I'm glad we uh, <laughs> thought it was this one instead. All right. Final I, thoughts. I, I, let's, let's give Chip. Let's give the Chip a chance next. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> have we no. beaten you into submission i'm sorry <laughs> no my my final thoughts are i'm assuming it, it gets better those are my final thoughts yeah it does <laughs> yeah it, it does and that's a good final thought chip Thank good you. job bud how about Love you david you. i in volume two episode 25 it's called kabakura and koyanagi kind of get into a fight over her reading boys love Mm. and it ends with him being like fine i'll read one just not too explicit and after he finishes he's like oh it was really good and just like shoujo and it's so charming and funny like it's such like a good gag because at one point he's like i just don't have the time to take the risk on a new genre like he knows he would (laughs) fall down down a slide of obsession and when this book is really on point when it's like hitting those are the kind of jokes that land yeah. Very intimate, very funny, like well set up. And I think everything Chip said is true. I think that it's aimed more at me than it is at him. So my reaction is different. But I still disagree with Chris that the anime is better than the manga. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. Deb, how about you? I think this is another case of where my favorite scenes are in the next volume again. <laughs> <laughs> and I forget. Like there's like in volume two, there's this whole argument between Koyanagi and Narumi where they're basically arguing about they they have they like the same character pair for BL, but then they bicker oh, like yeah. like they bicker like cats and dogs over the fact that my preferred pairing is this character is on top and this character is on bottom. And then Koyanagi goes, No, that's not how it's supposed to go. This character is supposed to be on top and this character is supposed to be on bottom. And then you know, Nifuji's brother comes along and thinks, oh, they're arguing about whose boyfriend is better. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cute, you know, but it's, yeah. there's all kinds of silly, you know, little bits and pieces in here. And then it, it's endearing, but kind of, yeah, I, I, there, I think we've had a couple of manga here where, we, you know, the first volume stands alone, where the first volume is clearly a winner, like of mm. Finland Saga and yeah, uh, bride story where it's like, yeah, this is as good as this is a great liftoff point, and it stands on its own as very as really good. And if it gets better from here, it gets way better, but not to the point where the f- first volume is where you have to apologize for it. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what the call I think is still, I still really love it. I still love it for what it does, but I think it's really been fun to listen to all of you explain to me like, oh yeah, not something you should recommend to a new manga reader. Fair mm. enough. Or your psychedelic trans boyfriend. Oh God. <laughs> oh God, no. I swear he yeah, he was a sweetheart about this, but he he was kinda like, Do you really have to stack all these books in the hallway? Could you like <laughs> have you considered maybe giving some of them up? Have you considered maybe selling them? And then I would look, you know, like I'd make this Narumi face like oh, what? It's like my <laughs> children changing my voice. These are my precious. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, Never yeah. mind. <laughs> yeah. I think that's another thing. I've mostly dated artists or people who are like art inclined if they weren't like working artists, which def- which definitely changes like the obsession, mm. the acceptable levels of obsession for something. My wife, we met at the newspaper and she, she knew I drew because I drew for the newspaper and we arranged to go on our first date. And I, I mentioned, you know, I, I, I make comics at the time. I was like black and white comics. So she snuck to the beguiling Chris's old shop <laughs> and picked up a copy of my comic prison funnies <laughs> before our date and almost canceled the date. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's almost like, that's, that's as bad as Googling somebody and go like, Ooh. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I mean, I probably would have canceled the date if I were her, but yeah. Yeah. My comic stuff and, and our life together, those two have never crossed over. She actually, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but there was a brief period where she wasn't working. And so she kind of like worked with me doing conventions and stuff, but she knows mm-hmm. nothing about comics. So she would go and people call her Mrs. Zadarsky. And she's like, okay, this is weird. And she's just telling people <laughs> where to line up. And I, <laughs> maybe I mentioned this before, but at the end of the, the first day, I was like, well, what did, what did you think of it? Like, she's never been to a comic convention. And she's like, oh, it was great. I really loved all the costumes. I'm like, what was your favorite one? She was like, there was a woman. And she was dressed like the Jolly Green Giant. And I thought that was amazing. I'm like, <laughs> like, are you talking about Poison Ivy? She's like, oh, is that, is that the character thing? <laughs> the idea that Poison Ivy is just a lady Jolly Green Giant. Mm. So I think that's a strong funny. take. Oh, that's so horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If ever if ever I write Batman, I'm gonna turn Poison Ivy into a Jolly Green Giant. Yeah. I love so it. That, that's 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 as much as she knows about comics. <laughs> Well, I guess love is hard for otaku. Yeah. Yeah. And wow, it's really true. Okay, all right. I love the series again. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a break for a commercial and we'll figure out what we're going to talk about after this. Stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. 
So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. And now it is time that we've all been waiting for. That's when we pick our next three books. So let's see who wants to go first. I would like to go first, please. Please do. <laughs> well, this is actually readers who are paying close, careful attention. The end of these will be the last three books before we get to Kira Volume Three as the last episode of Season Two of Manga Explaining. So these are the last three books, and then we're going to do Akira. And I was like, and again, David, I'm sorry, I'm giving you plenty of opportunities to bleep me this episode. <laughs> but I was like, man, Dick Huff, Dick Fight Island. Let's just make Huff do it. Then I was like, no. We can't do Dick Fight Island until Chip understands what BL really is. Like, we can't do a BL parody manga. And I was like, wavering. I was really wavering until this week, where you're like, I don't know what the what the hell's going on with any of this. None of this is a story. It doesn't make any sense. Forget it. It's terrible. And I was like, yeah, I'm not giving him. I'm not giving him a book that relies on a lot of very ingrained tropes to understand and appreciate <laughs> on one level. The other level is they fight with their dicks. It's very straightforward. I don't want to give. I don't want to do that to him and then have a book that he maybe doesn't like that he would otherwise love if he really like got into it. So I, I've been trying. I've been desperately trying to find in print contemporary BL manga, and it's tough. Like BL manga seems to get one printing and then disappear forever. Obviously, there's digital editions, but like, yeah, a lot of it is not readily available. And I've had two books that I wanted to do that are out of print and might get reprinted in July. I found out there's one book that I haven't had a chance to read yet that's on the dining room table that I'll maybe go read after this is done. So I'm going to go back to a classic. And this is something I read a little while back. And it was actually a friend who's at Seven Seas was like, oh, you should check out such and such. And it's called Our Dining Table by Mita Ori. And it's a really, really easy to read, not that smutty BL manga. It is about a guy who's looking after his little brother and he's like, had to take over. His dad's not around. And he's just like, you know, a good big brother, but terrible at being the kind of person who takes care of a household. He bumps into this dude. There's kind of a love at first sight thing, but they're both too shy to announce it. But that dude, they bumped into each other at the grocery store, is really good at cooking. And so the two of so basically they start cooking for each other as a way of showing affection in a way that they can't out and out say. And it's really good and it's really cute. And there's nothing gross about it, which is nice because it's not a given. And <laughs> it's not too smutty. So our more risk averse panelists and readers have nothing to worry about for having this particular BL book on their shelf. On a scale Maybe of, there's some Dojinchi I don't know about, but scale yeah. of one to so, ten, where does it land on like the raw smutty? hero scale? Oh, it's <laughs> raw hero needs its own scale. <laughs> <laughs> raw hero is smuttier than some actual straight hentai I've read. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> So anyway, long story short, it's maybe a like a two on the raw hero scale, but yeah, I think it's it's a really cute BL that has so many BL tropes that if you, after you read this, we're gonna be we're gonna be Dick Fight Island ready. It is the connecting flight between where we live and <laughs> the city that leads to Dick Fight Island. All aboard! Folks. I will, you know, what, I I will say before everyone else suggests, like I could probably write up a list of what I imagine BL tropes to be. I'll probably hit a bunch of them. 
I really want you to write these tropes now because that'll make for a really fun episode. All right. A meta episode, if you will, on right. our dining table. Okay. So that's my that's my suggestion. That's my okay. Next. I would love to imagine what, what Chip thinks <laughs> the BL tropes are. And we got to put them in the show notes if you actually write them down. Oh, my you God. Have please to. Do. You have to. You have to. Well, if you if you go for a job and there is a, a man who is also an elephant, <laughs> you you must get your mouth around that trunk. It happens in a lot of manga. It happens in a lot of BL, actually. There's Until of, he uh, ejaculate a fonts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Next. <laughs> uh, so I'll go next. Sure. Mine is, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I had like a very short comic that I wanted to read. It's 17 pages long, including the credits page and the cover. It's mm. called The Blood Red Boy, and it's digital only. It's published by Starfruit Books, and you can buy it at starfruitbooks.com. It co- costs $2. And the description is... An unconventional story of self-identity and the complexity of interpersonal relationships. Minami Kyuta, the mangaka, explores the search for self-love in this short 16-page one-shot. And that sort of doesn't say much about what it's about, but that's because it's 16 pages long, and there's like three characters. But it's a quick read, and I think we could do kind of a cool, quick discussion of the story, and then maybe some extended Q&A, because we've got a lot of those piling up. That sounds fun. All right, all right. Very good. Deb? Oh, David, you appeal to the chip. Give me as little to read as possible. <laughs> That's I cheap. should balance it out. <laughs> All right. We should do an average page count that we've each recommended chip read. To yeah. see oh, <laughs> that's great. I like that idea right. a lot. Yeah. The end of the season to Zats. Yeah. You know what? I, first of all, my background at newspapers was info, infographics. So oh. you you give me you give me all sorts of data. I will make them look real good for. Ooh, uh, that's exciting. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For our end of year. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, as, as much as I wanted to bring more romance into the mix to offset all the manliness that we've had this season, I <laughs> I also just couldn't resist picking this book. It's called Blue Period. I've mentioned it a couple mm. times. It's a shonen manga, but it's a shonen manga about a boy high school boy trying to get into a very competitive art college. I resisted picking this book for a while because, frankly, we did, we've we talked a lot about art school, <laughs> uh, manga about making manga. So it, it maybe felt like a little repetitive. But what I find really, what I really love about Blue Period is that it's not about a guy going to art school and wanting to be a manga artist. He wants to go to art school to become an, a painter, become a fine artist. And what I find really fascinating about this book is it connects to blank canvas because it it's the it's the same process that Akiko goes to in blank canvas to try to get into an art school. This boy goes to a cram school to try to get into the most competitive public art school in Japan. But also too, it's there's there's parts where they talk about what it means to be an artist, what it means, what how do you how do you think when you create art. How do, how do you make things look in perspective? How do you deal with color? How do you use materials? It's very thoughtful. It also is very touching. Like there's a scene in this book where the boy, Yatora, he's basically a people pleaser. He hangs out with his friends. He, he watches soccer with, you know, till the all, 
hours in the morning, and then he goes home and he studies. And he's still a straight A student, but he's doing things just to please other people for the most part. When he makes art, he has to ask himself who he really is and what's really important to him. He also has to deal with asking his parents to support his art career. And that is Mm. both painful and reveals things to him that he never thought of before. I find this to be a really touching and interesting manga. I studied art and I chipped it as well. And I think this is something that will really uh, be thought-provoking as well as fun. There's an anime series that's uh, on Netflix right now that's currently running. So I think this is a great pick. I like it a lot. All right. Mm. Three excellent suggestions. I know you're waiting for my judgment. (laughs) (laughs) And here it comes. David, you made a real strong case with the $2.16 page monk. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm about to do an all-night read of Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, The Blood Red Boy is my number one pick, just to nice. give me a bit of a breather. So, good job. Chris, I'm going to penalize you. Why? Because you tried to sell me uh, our dining table as being not too smutty. And like, you've been friends for 20 years. You really think that's a way to get me to read a book? It is not. You're right. So you are third place. And Blue Period <laughs> is uh, second. Good job, everyone. Nice. Thank you. All right. Yeah. This is a fascinating way to, to end our second season before we get into Akira Volume 3. <laughs> That'll be fun. All right. Yeah. This, I think this will be a nice little mix. All right. I think that will do it for this week's episode of Mongus Play. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week with even more fascinating manga. This has been Manga Splaining Episode 42. Otakoi, Love is Hard for Otaku, Volume 1 by Fujita. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be reading Mobile Suit Gundam, The Origin, Volume 1 by Yoshikazu Yasuhiko. Please consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop to get this book. You can also find one near you at comicshoplocator.com. Or check your local library for print and digital lending options. Although the Gundam is print only, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's only print. Anyway, library. Yeah, go for library. it. <laughs> you can also follow along with our complete reading list at mangasplaining.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment for this episode. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.